the thing that used to bring you life actually still brings you life. Right. So if I am a person that loves to do Spartan races and I like to do marathons and it gives me life when I'm young, it is actually that very thing that's going to give you life right. as you're older. Mm -hmm. Like it literally is keeping you alive and vibrant and healthy yep. and you live a longer life because of it. Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. And friend, we're here to help you get your shit together. I'm Eddie. And I'm Janelle. And we're the Copelands. We've got three daughters, two businesses, a mortgage, and lots of responsibilities. So just like you, we're struggling to find that perfect balance of ambitious go-getter hustle while still staying present, loving our kids, and working on our relationship. <laughs> and doing the laundry, going to the grocery store. Oh, and don't forget being mindful. Yeah, mindful all of the stuff. <laughs> So if you're juggling all the things, but you're also trying to get to the next level, guess what? You're in the right place. So get ready to be pushed. Hey guys, welcome back to the Push Podcast. I'm Janelle Copeland. Hello, how's it going everybody? How you doing? EC in the house. If you don't know my name, then you better ask somebody. Oh God, we've got a lot to cover in this episode. Yeah, so we don't need to be all silly all, all in the beginning But of you're this. the one being silly right now and super awkward. <laughs> Um, this is episode 186, and today we're going to be talking about how to keep yourself young mm. and also how to stop romanticizing your heydays. Are you going to give some like skin products? Because everyone talks about how you glow, your, your skin glows, oh, okay. you're so youthful. Um, actually, I just ordered some more skin products, um, Obagi. <laughs> I've used Obagi before, but I'm going to be uh, going back to that. So this episode is about like nostalgia. It's about mm -hmm. the ongoing debate of whether the 90s is right. the best time ever. Um, and so this article that we found says, it's so sad when old people romanticize their heydays. Also, the 90s were objectively the best time to be alive. <laughs> right, right. And our 17-year-old daughter heard it and she said, yeah, facts. And, and she was yeah. not alive in the 90s. And no. So I thought that was really funny. So but we're going to be talking about that. Can I just say this? Sure. My what in the world is I think that she would actually fit in in the 90s. A hundred percent. Because I think she likes the everything about the, the art, the music. Yeah. I think that there's something she likes that's that like textile. She, she likes physical books, mm -hmm. even though she does read on her phone a lot. But mm -hmm. I do think that she likes some of those things that were major part of the 90s. But do you think it has anything to do with the fact that parents from the 90s raised the kid to love the 90s? Of course it does. Yeah, probably. So we have romanticized it. We just had breakfast and my 17-year-old daughter uh, took a bite of the quiche that I made for her and said something about the brand new flavor in your ear. And I turned to her and I said, I can't tell you how proud it makes me to know that you know that song. Right. Brand new flavor in your ear? Are right. you kidding? <laughs> what? Come at my kid. Come on. But can I, okay, so I'm I'm gonna start I'm romanticizing. I know. The 90s. I'm, I'm I don't gonna, care. I'm gonna start romanticizing. Like it's a chapter where, especially for from a music standpoint, mm -hmm. it was the first it was like big the beginning of something, right? And mm -hmm. so the beginning of hip hop as we know it, obviously there's some roots in the eighties, but the nineties is when it really came alive and hit the mainstream, and then all of a sudden the world changed. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was telling your dad one day, and he didn't believe me. I said, everything is impacted by hip hop. Mm -hmm. Like every commercial you see, every article, everything, there's some type, every slang that you you hear these days is hip hop, right? Right. And so he was like, no, I, I don't understand that. No, mm -hmm. no. And I was like, okay, whatever. But I'm just telling you. 
So that's, I, I will romanticize a bit. On okay. That. So the question though becomes like, here's my issue with romanticizing the fact that your heyday was the best days right. like ever. Right. Is that every other fucking generation also thinks that their heydays were the best time to be alive. A hundred percent. And so I just want to know, I want to know if you know right. that you are now at the age where old people romanticize their heydays being the best and you do it too. I do it, but I have a sense of awareness that I will get to. Okay. I, I understand looking back and you look back with kind of revisional history, right? So you okay. look back and you say, oh, you know, back in the day, you know, we had CDs. And mm -hmm. remember when we had to listen to the radio and if your song came on, right. you had to like, you know, and you wanted to record it. You had to like steal one of your parents' tapes, stuff it with something so they would record. Okay. Yeah. At the top of the tape, you had to put tissue Steal your it. parents' tapes. What? Yeah, like if you didn't have a, a blank tape, I didn't have oh. like a bunch of TD, TDX What did tapes. you spend your allowance on? Uh, on the actual tape. <laughs> like if I wanted music, I wasn't going to record over my stuff. Oh. I would find something that they wouldn't listen to. Yeah, but or, I would spend my allowance on blank tapes so that way when yeah, stuff that came was, on that the came, radio. That came on later on. Like I didn't realize that you could, I, I didn't have that kind of money. I was, <laughs> you were just ruining your mama's money and your mama's tapes. Like, I would take a tape and just like, uh, let me record over That's this. That's so rude. Oh my <laughs> and God. when I realized you can't record over it, it was a whole new day. But, but what I would say is that you look back and you think that those all oh, those were so special moments because mm -hmm. of the fact that like that's all you had but every single step of advancement you cheered for during that time right right like you weren't like oh my god no i, I don't want to have cds when yeah. tapes started to phase out oh i don't want to have you know digital format of on my iphone when cds were phasing out like you didn't stop those things you embraced them because they were exciting right but let's talk about why we're even talking about this yeah. today. why is this episode relevant I think it's relevant because if you're trapped in the romanticizing and you think your time is a better time, it could be really impactful on your growth as a human being, especially if you are a person in your late 30s, heading into your 40s. Like This is a pivotal moment. Mm -hmm. You can go in one direction or the other. You could start to really dig your heels in and say, there's a time and era that I especially enjoyed and mm -hmm. I want to keep. Or I can start embracing the new and really highlighting a lot of the things that are happening in the world. And so to keep myself new and relevant. Right. Don't you think, though, your parents who are parents who are now in their 60s, at some point they look back and they say, oh, my 30s and 40s. Yeah, that was the best music. We had the best times. You didn't have to worry about anything. So my question is, is are you wanting to talk about this because we are 40 no, I and don't, every 40-year-old at some point No, I actually like, think that people think the music that was their best was in their teenage years mm -hmm. going into their 20s. I don't think that people think that the best us, music- that's the 90s. I know, that's what I'm saying. I don't, because I'm just, you said that people think about their 30s and 40s and, and they look back when they're in their 60s and say that was the best time for music. No, in their 30s and 40s, I think is when they hold their heyday, their teens and 20s as those are- the heyday, like the glory days. Right. So what I'm saying, I'm trying to give you perspective is like when we were in our 20s and teens, that those were the 90s. Right. That's when we thought that the music was the best. But I think it's fair to say and acknowledge that our parents who are in their 60s also believe that when they were in their 20s and teens, music was the best then. We had Motown. Right. There was lots of yeah. really cool things. 
And like people in their 60s are like, y'all think you're the rebels? We were the main people like protesting and marching. And it's true. So I want to throw out there that although I do think the 90s were a great time to live, I am very cautious and aware that every other generation also feels that high regard about their heyday. Right. And I also don't want to be the couple that's like, oh, all they do is talk about the 90s and go to 90s concerts and like listen to (laughs) 90s artists and things like that. So there's a fine line though, right? right? Like I think if we took a poll, anybody our age would be like, hell yeah, the 90s were the best. Even our daughters say 90s by far has the best music. So my question is, is because we grew up in the 90s that we are biased, I think the answer is yes. That we are those people. Yeah, we are now those people. <laughs> to a certain extent, yeah, I agree. Yeah, no, I met with my yeah. friends recently, and I, you know, walked up to Ron and Marcel, and I was like, "Hey, I have a quick question. Literally, hi, how you doing? Quick question: Are you aware that, like, are, have you reached the point where you really your go to music is '90s and 2000s and like stuff from back in the day?" Right. And they both said, without even thinking, "Hell yeah, yeah. Why would I listen to anything else? This is trash out now." <laughs> Like, literally, that's what I'm saying. I said, we've arrived. Like, we're at that age. Yeah. So I was reading this book a couple months ago, and it's by Robert Kiyosaki. You know, he's the guy that did Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Well, he has another book called Retire Young, Retire Rich. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, I want to retire young. I want to retire rich. So let me read it. And he goes through all of these tactics and stuff. Super helpful. But at the end of the book, one of the things he says is, he has a whole chapter on how to keep yourself young. And why? Because you got to stay relevant with the times and you've got to be able to have, you know, diversity conversations right. and you've got to know what's going on with technology and you can't let yourself get passed by, especially if you care about money and wealth and you're trying to create this lifestyle for yourself. So he gives a couple of tips and we're going to share some of those and I'll link the book in the show notes. But what he said He did a really, really great job of articulating the fact that, yeah, your music is important and you should share that with younger people, but you can't share it with them holding it in this high regard unless you're willing to let them share their music with you. Right. And also embrace it. And even though there may be different beats and sounds and ways of creating music today that you don't, you're not, they don't feel familiar, Mm -hmm. he challenges you to still be open to it because it's the familiarity and the comfort that makes you stay stuck in the past. Yeah, for sure. So then he goes on to say that he's in his 60s, right? And he hires a stylist 40 years younger than him, Mm -hmm. someone who's up on trending styles and things like that. And he hires them to give him fashion advice so that he doesn't wear the same 1957 Levi jeans that he was comfortable in back in the 50s or 60s. Right. Right. And I thought it was a remarkable like thing for him to say, I want to feel young. I want to stay young. I want to be relevant. I'm not trying to be a 20 year old dressed in ridiculous clothes. But for my 60-something-year-old self, I still can look stylish. I can still be like that old guy that people say, look at him. He's got some swag. Right, And right. I was like, I want to be that, too. Right. I don't want to just be wearing shit that was in my closet from 30 <laughs> years ago, trying to get in my bell-bottom jeans because right. maybe they're going to come back, right? Right. And everything comes back for women, but... You get what I'm saying? Oh, 100%. Isn't that amazing to hire a stylist to keep you young and youthful? Not to make you appear that you're trying to be a wannabe and you want to dress like you're 20. Because I I think that's a a delicate balance. Right. Because you don't want to be seen as someone that's trying to 
be something you're not. Right. Right. You are a 60, whatever your age is, that's who that's the age you are. And I think that there's a, la- a layer or a, a place where you can go overboard with that, where you go, oh, my God, this person looks like. Right. Because it doesn't match. Right. Yeah. Because, you, you know, you, you take a 60 year old person, you throw them in some 20 year old clothes. What are you doing? Yeah. It, yeah. It, it doesn't fit. OK, I have a but question. I, but I will say this, unless like your lifestyle is that way. Mm-hmm. Right. So, for example, I look at certain artists like I look at Jay-Z. Jay-Z's 50 plus years old. Mm-hmm. But he's very relevant, mm-hmm. right? And you can see he's wearing clothes that, like, either he's creating a trend based on the style that he's wearing, uh, or he's finding a way to carefully blend those things. Well, let me ask you this: yeah. Are you keeping Jay Z relevant because you're in your 40s and you grew up with Jay Z? I'm, you know, Jay Z's like my go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know that someone who's 18, 19 that really loves hip hop and rap is going to say, oh, yeah, Jay, he is so relevant. Well, um, I don't think that that would be the poll. No, I think so. And and here's why. Because when I interact with people that are half my age, Mm -hmm. they still they they like Mm Jay-Z. They they talked about his latest song that he was he did eight minute um, Mm -hmm. verse on um, God did. And he performed it at the Grammys. Mm-hmm. So it's not like... Yeah, but it was a hip-hop tribute. No, it was. It, it was. It, it, they were paying... 50 years of 50 hip-hop. Of, of hip-hop. And he was... But he closed out the show okay. on a song that was just released I don't on know. DJ Khaled. It's, it's a question. It's a poll. I don't know. Let me know. Are you partial to Jay-Z being the GOAT because of your age? Do younger generations... Well, it was funny because the, there's this inter- the interview with Fat Joe. You remember Fat Joe? Lean yeah. back, right? Lean back. So Thanks they, for the illustration. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he, they asked him like about this topic and they were said, you know, Jay has found a way to stay relevant because when he is rhyming, he's not using old slang mm-hmm. from the 90s or the 2000s. Agreed. He's found a way to incorporate that music, that that sound and that language in, in 2023. And he said, no other, not many rappers can. Because yeah. you, if you listen to an old, like, let's say I like Ice Cube, but when Ice Cube puts out a song, it sounds like he's putting out a song that's supposed to be in the 90s, mm-hmm. right? So does Bruno Mars, but people love it. Right, but but you know that he's a young yeah. person bringing a sound out and then he's putting a flavor and twist to it that is relevant to right. now. So I do think that I'm not pop- biased. I do think that I, I see it in a way that's very aligned to the mm-hmm. young folks. But I get it. Like, you know, we went on a trip with the guys for a bachelor party months ago. And my brother likes a certain type of music. Mm-hmm. And then Lamont's son likes a certain type of music. And, you know, the older guys in the car were like, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm so not down th- with this. that was definitely a, a, a divide there. But when I put on later, like recent music from current artists that were a big deal in the 90s, they still appreciated it. They were like, oh, this is the this Yeah, is because tight. it's this the old folks trying to make sure that the young folks get schooled. Yeah, but it's no, it's, it's not. You sound so old right now. I'm trying to tell you, you <laughs> leave me alone. I'm so old. <laughs> okay, here, here's a question I have for you. All right, why is it? And I have a big issue because this gets this happens a lot with women. Okay, I've been seeing Madonna is on TikTok lately, and I've been seeing like she's had some plastic surgery. People in the comments are vicious. Mm-hmm. Act your age, mm-hmm. dress your age. Mm-hmm. You know, you're in your fifties. You should be looking like someone's grandma like really mean about ageism and just everything, right? Right. Basically, what do you want her to do? Just go be a grandma somewhere and like not enjoy music, 
not dress provocatively. Like who says that that stuff has an expiration date on it, right? But for the most part, majority of the comments are telling her, stay in your place. You're too old for this. Now, I look at someone like Mary J. Blige, who recently just got celebrated for Black History Month, 30 years in the music business. I love Mary J. Blige. No one tells her, why don't you dress your age? Mm-mm. You know, you, you're you washed up now. You're She's the same age, I believe, as Madonna. But no one says that. I have a, 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 a hypothesis about that. But Mary wears like, you know, yep. spandex, yep. the boots, the high heeled boots. Like she's living it up. Yeah. Getting crunk. I love it. <laughs> but my question is, is why? Is it because Madonna looks older? Is it because... I, think, I can't I think, wrap my head around the fact is because she's had plastic surgery. Like I may be wrong about this, but I think it's because Mary J. Blige has always been associated with younger music, which mm-hmm. hip hop is is a considered for younger people, mm-hmm. right? That's why we're in this really interesting age where the artists from our day have now aged and do they age with this genre right. of music that's considered young. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like how rock and roll was considered the young music. Mm-hmm. For a very long time. Now you think when somebody says rock and roll, you think, oh, that's old music. Right. So, so at some point, that's that may Mary J. Blige may be part of that, but I don't think it's going to happen to her. But it may mm-hmm. ha- happen to like someone else, like maybe Beyonce when she's in her fifties. People might say, "Come on now." Yeah. Who knows? I don't know. I find that hard to hard to believe <laughs> someone's going to be like Beyonce. You need to go be somebody's grandma. I, don't like, know. I find yeah. that hard to believe. I, maybe you're right. I don't know. I, I that's a re- weird like. It's interesting thing. Like mm-hmm. I don't understand where that people where people come. I've from never that. seen so many comments about ageism with women other yeah. than in Madonna's TikTok thread. That's bad. Yeah. I just I want to know why. So okay, getting back to why we're talking about this today. Like we obviously have some de- debatable <laughs> uh, preferences on like what we think Remember is the best yeah. and yeah. irrelevant, right? But. This kind of sparked us to really pay attention to all the generations we're surrounded with lately, right? Mm -hmm. We have aging parents. Mm -hmm. We are getting older. We're in our 40s now. Uh, We have kids that are now starting their 20 years of life and they're young adults and they have different preferences. And we also have young like nieces and nephews. And so it's just really interesting to kind of study and analyze all the different generations and how we think and feel and react and what things we gravitate towards. And you and I have great conversations about those things all of the time. Right. And so, you know, whether you have a 30-year-old brother who, like, let's just be real, your brother still likes to stay young and relevant. He still likes a lot of the things that he liked when he was in his early 20s. Right. But he came over yesterday. We were talking about the NBA. I haven't been a huge Lakers fan in many years because when we used to watch basketball, I feel like we were closer to the players' ages, like in our 20s and 30s. And now that we're older, we have other businesses and things that kind of take us away from watching basketball. But I don't feel like I relate. Like when I'm watching these kids play, I call them kids now because I have kids that are their age. Yeah. So we started that conversation and uh, it's just interesting to see all of the different changes in age and mindsets and things like that. So that's why we're talking about this today. Yeah. And we want to know if you are romanticizing <laughs> uh, the years that you thought were, were your glory days. Uh, and I said earlier the 50s and 60s for our parents, but really it would be the 70s for them. Right. And for us, it would be the 90s. Correct. So I just made them 20 years older than they Yeah, and it's interesting how it takes up space in our heart, right? You think about, 
and it usually is, it's centered around music mm-hmm. and and because movies kind of they move with the times unless it's like a like a cult classic for that time you want to know what movie doesn't hold up Poetic justice. Poetic justice. <laughs> we try to put our kids on poetic justice a couple months ago, and we were like, oh, it's this a, is a train wreck. Yeah, I think Pause we were just, this. I think we were just excited off. that it was Tupac and, and, and Janet, Janet Jackson. I was like, what I was like, the is happening? On this this is terrible. Like- <laughs> so it doesn't hold up. I saw my brother-in-law the other day. He had a poetic shirt on when he, poetic justice shirt on when yeah. he answered the door. I said, just so you know, that don't hold up. And then, you know, now people are doing that, the, the TikTok, the, the, the poetic justice. And then like mm-hmm. everyone, someone's doing the Drake version and we're yeah. trying to do the the old, right. old version. So it's interesting. But um, it's just to say, I was saying like how how it takes, like music takes this huge space in our heart. And it's it's gotta be because when you're young, and you're finding yourself. It is the anthem to your life's your life's soundtrack, right? right? It's like you're. This is maturation of going from a teenager to a young adult, and the music that was your anthem, what you got ready to before you went to the club, what you like, all these different things. Which you had sex to. Right. <laughs> which you had sex to, right? It could be all those things. And, no, and those things played this huge part in your life. Mm-hmm. And then they, they it's cemented there, yeah. right? Because there's no other real transformation in your life like going from a teenager to a young adult. Well, let me ask you, the soundtrack, one of the soundtracks of your life that you might be ashamed of or can't like tap into anymore. What do you have anything that comes to mind? Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. On three. Yeah. Okay. One, two, three. R, R. Kelly. <laughs> like you just removed. Like, I can't take that out, but I have to. Right. Right. The first time I thought about like sexiness and all this Bumping stuff and right, was like, okay, I got to listen to R. Kelly to right. understand right. <laughs> like the coolness and all that the stuff that yeah. came along with it. But now it's like yanked out of your life. And so you just kind of go, okay, well, I'm I won't, still mourning that I won't, loss. I won't listen yeah. to that, but it's still, it, you know, it's a breakup. That's so you a gotta, soundtrack. You move on. Yeah, that you crushes can't, we my can't, soul. We can't support the man's uh, pocketbooks yeah. anymore. Okay, so let's get into like why this is important, other than the fact that you need to stay abreast of your generation and your traits and your kids and everyone's just so we can live in harmony. But I think whether you're a business owner or whether you're out in the workplace, whether you're a teacher teaching younger generations, whether you're a grandparent, whether you're raising kids, I think that we're going to talk to you about some things in this episode that um, will help you kind of bridge some of those generational gaps and help you like think about if you own a business and you start to age and like you're in your 40s and you care less and less about technology and staying abreast on things that are relevant, you will have a tougher time speaking to clients. Mm-hmm. if you don't keep yourself relevant. And yeah. what will happen is, is if you control and dictate kind of the tone of your business and who the business is speaking to, and it's based on your preferences and your music selections, you're going to eventually make that business older just like you. Yeah. And so I think that this is important if you're running a business. It's important if you're trying to stay relevant and have good conversations with your grandkids or kids. And so let's dive into the list. Number one of things that you can stop romanticizing from your generation and ways to kind of keep yourself young. Number one is staying mentally and physically fit to improve cognitive function, reduce the risk of uh, cognitive decline, increase social connections, improve your mood, gain a greater sense of purpose and meaning. Like there's so much stuff for staying fit 
both mentally and physically. I'm just going to share this story. The reason that's so important to me is because a couple months ago, my five-year-old nephew, Logan, Mm -hmm. came over and he brought Memory, the game, right, that we used to play when we were kids. And that little motherfucker smoked me. (laughs) I'm just going to tell you, he knew exactly where all the cards were. I thought he was cheating. And... I was highly offended by it. And so I can tell that I'm not tapping into my memory and like exercising my brain the way that I used to. Why? We have technology. I put notes in my phone. Like there's so many crutches that now hinder us from leveraging our memories. I'm not going to let him win next time. Like I'm just, (laughs) I'm not okay with being beat by a five-year-old. So last week I ordered the game for myself to play with you or Jordan, whoever will play with me. Cause the next time he comes over, I'm not going to get beat by a five-year-old. Yeah. And I think that's an example of staying young and relevant and making sure that you can make fun of it and you can keep yourself uh, young at heart, but also stimulate your brain. Stay around young people. This is a powerful thing because I think that when you think about a young person's brain and how it's developing and, and, and everything that it's trying to do to grow so that, you know, whether it be from education standpoint or just the knowledge of being a human being. And as you get older, how that can get real stale. Because yeah. if you get into a place, especially as we talk a little bit of some of the things that we're going to talk about, and you get into the space where you are not embracing new things. And so you're not challenging your brain yeah. to take on new challenges so that your cognitive functions start continue to improve then you know, just like anything, if you're not improving it, it's dying. It. Yeah. It's dying, right? I was going to say dying it. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, you don't so use it, you lose you, it. Yeah. And so I think that that's a, a huge thing that, um, and then your physical body is so important because it's one thing to your point for Robert Kiyosaki to put on more trendy clothing to stay relevant. And it, it probably definitely helps him feel young, but it's one thing to do that and to be in shape mm-hmm. for a 60 or a 50, whatever age you are. And then it's another to do it and you're really not in a good place health-wise, mm-hmm. right? And so I think that, you know, part of feeling young and part of feeling relevant is being able, being mm-hmm. functional, be, feeling capable. Like if we wanted to go snowboarding or skiing or do youthful, youthful activities, it really depends on your physical fit, fitness, right. right? And if you're not staying uh, physically fit, then those activities that keep you young, that create excitement in your life is lost, yeah. right? Because you just can't do it. Well, you start to tell yourself, yeah, I can't do the things I used to do. And I know that there are certain limitations, right? right? You're right. not going to be doing the same things at 80 that you were doing at 20. But I do think that what we're suggesting is that you keep trying to lean into some of those things and keep your body fit and active and your mind fit and active so that way you can stay abreast of new changing things and be relevant and a part of things yeah. that are important. Yeah. And I think if you're listening to this right now, like think about your life, right? Think about what activities and challenges you are taking on physically and mentally every single day to continue to grow and challenge and stretch yourself. And if you're finding yourself saying, I, I just go to work, I take care of my kids, I go home. We, you know, we eat dinner, we do these kind of sedentary things, mm-hmm. just know that that's slowly aging you, Yeah. right? And so I think you just have to keep challenging yourself. Yep. Number two, continuously learn and educate yourself to stay up to date with new technologies and changing markets. Yeah. This is big because, you know, recently we we stumbled across, um, not stumble, like we heard about it, yeah. ChatGPT. And so this is the, the, the first kind of glimpse 
um, commercially to AI. So AI has been around for a while, but now this artificial intelligence has moved to a place where it's been really mainstream. And this is the first time I think ever something such, such cutting edge is, is available for people. And it's amazing what you can do with it, right? And I, but even still, there's so many people that you can interact with that are like, oh, this AI thing is dangerous, yeah, right? Or they don't want to embrace it. I don't, I, another thing, I don't, I don't want to learn a new thing. Mm-hmm. Like, think about that statement and how often we hear that from business owners. Oh, it's another thing. I don't want to learn a new thing. Yeah. Well, I kind of found myself falling into that trap with TikTok. When TikTok Mm -hmm. became really important and relevant, I was like, okay, I got Facebook down. Don't want to do that anymore. Got Instagram down. Don't want to do that. I can't keep up with it. Don't want to keep going. And my team was like, you need to be on TikTok. And so last year, June, I went to VidCon, the video VidCon conference. And I will say like sitting through all of the the talks put on by YouTube, put on by Paramount Pictures, like all of the different, whether it was Pinterest, whether it was TikTok, right? anything that I sat through that was educational or informative said like, this is where the world is going and here's why. Like this is the impact. This is the reach. This is what's important to these people. And I learned so much about like marketing. I learned so much about who our new consumers are going into the new generation. I learned so much about why my kids care so much about it, right? And so we decided last year in June to just kind of like start, let's just start posting on TikTok for fun. And then we had a couple of videos go viral and it's just like, just be fun with it. But I agree that staying abreast of current technology does keep you relevant and young. Yeah, I agree with you. And another big thing around technology is I think it's important to know whatever you do in your current lifestyle, your career, your business, whatever it is, if you stay abreast to new technology, like things like chat GPT, like things like, uh, you know, the metaverse, whatever that may be, you need to know, is your livelihood at stake, mm-hmm. right? Could you be out of a job in five, six years, mm-hmm. whatever the case may be, because of a technology that you decided to ignore? Mm-hmm. And so that's one flip side. That, that sounds like doom and gloom. Mm-hmm. But I do think that it, that with every single advancement that we have, new industries and markets come out of it. And there may be a skill that you have that you need to or you have or you don't have that you probably need to embrace or you need to go and learn before it's too late. Yeah. Right. And so if it's like, hey. You need to learn how to do some type of coding because if you learn how to code, then the next five years, what you have with your business, you can do on your own and you'll be able to advance your business mm-hmm. or you'll be able to advance your career. But I do think that that's super important because I think that there was a period in time where people, technology and, and the industry changed so fast that people were out of work before they knew it and they did not have the skills right. needed to be a part of this new generation of technology. Mm-hmm. And that's something you definitely don't want to be um, you know, caught up by. Right. Do you want to do number three? Yeah. Number three is is building it and, and, and maintaining positive relationships with people of all ages and cultivating a diverse uh, network of uh, c- contacts. And I think this is even probably more important when it comes to technology. It's because 
anything that you're doing, whether it be business in your career, you're going to be interacting with people. Mm -hmm. And if you only can connect with people of your age and there's a growing population of individuals joining the workforce that maybe you will be leading, maybe you will be on the same team as, maybe, and because of the things that, of the fact that technology is moving so fast, you may be working side by side with someone who's half your age Mm -hmm. and your ability to connect with them may be the difference of you creating a really great team nucleus or being able to influence and move a team along if you're leading them. Right. So I think that this one, building and maintaining positive relationships with people of different generations, you know you may be the problem if you're the one saying like, oh, this new generation does not like to work, can't find any good employees these days. I would challenge you to go and learn more about Gen Z or millennials or whoever it is you're trying to lead because they are inspired by different things than you are. They are driven by different things than you are. And if we as leaders can't continuously figure out how to stay abreast of that and what things interest them, then you can be sure that you're going to be phased out and you will always have those continuing thoughts of, you know, oh, no, but you're constantly comparing what they value Mm. And the way that they operate to what you value and how you operate. And that's wrong. And along those lines, you're assessing them and judging them and saying, you should be valuing what I value because what I value is far more important, more impactful than what you value. And that that's a lose-lose situation. And that kind of bleeds into number four, which is, you know, you've got to continue to embrace change and be open to new ideas, experiences, and perspectives. I mean, it's kind of a no-brainer, but so many people do not like change, mm. right? And they just want to constantly lean into comfort and familiarity. But I will just say, like, those are the things that keep you stagnant that eventually lead to your demise if you can't continue at, uh, to grow and expand your thoughts, your your thinking, your relationships, your conversations, like your interests. And so, I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory, but change and being open to new ideas and perspectives is really key to keeping yourself relevant. Yeah, and I liken that to like, let's say for example, you were really good at using a typewriter, right? Like you, and you know how to, you can mm-hmm. get it going, right? And this new thing of a computer comes out or something new that is similar, but requires a different skill set, mm-hmm. And you say to yourself, like, this is how it should be done. Mm-hmm. And you're not willing to embrace this new perspective or this new idea. And before you know it, like you're phased out, yeah. right? But also that goes with ideas. And so I think that what we find now is that we have, especially when we have ag- aging parents and, and, and folks that we talk to, sometimes you think that your perspective of the world, it should be relevant no matter what time it is, mm-hmm. like what, no matter what year it is, what decade it is. And it's just absolutely not true. Right. Like if you haven't shifted your perspective in the last 10 years on, on various topics, then your ideas are probably aged out. Yeah. Right. So it gives me, I mean, it's kind of along the lines of what you're talking about, but it reminds me of the conversation your mom and I had yesterday. She said, you know, as she's getting older, she's concerned. Are we going to take care of her? Who's going to be around when she starts aging? And she said, you know, there's so many old people that their kids just left them. And you, how mean is that? You know, like your your parents are your responsibility. And this, and that. I said, well, mom, you know, th- the way of thinking now is how about like, did you try on for size that maybe some of these parents were fucked up parents? <laughs> 
<laughs> they weren't actually good parents, which is why their kids don't want to have anything to do with them. Right. So if you were a shitty ass mom or dad while I was growing up, why is it my responsibility to take care of your old dying ass? Mm -hmm. Right. And she was like, <laughs> and you know, it's like, that's what I want to do with our parents is continue to give them an alternate perspective. Right. So that you're not just thinking that it's one way. Right. I understand that as you're aging, this is your concern. But as someone who's also dealing with relationships with parents, you need to know that there's two sides to every story. And she, I think she accepted that. Yeah. But I think that's part of what we're saying is like, you can't just be one sided. You have to be open to alternate perspectives. Yeah. The way the world used to work is not how it works now. Yeah. Right. And so I think that that needs to be shifted. Number five, I love a lot pursuing interests and passions and finding ways to still keep them incorporated into your life, um, whether it's work, daily life, whatever. This kind of leads me to like your mom again has always loved roller skating. Yeah. And I've heard her say lately, like, oh, you know, I got to be careful because I'm getting older. I feel like she thinks if she falls, she's going to break. Mm -hmm. Right. And I wish that she would just continue to roller skate so she could keep herself vibrant and active. And I know it's many things, you know, she doesn't right. go, it's too late. She works early. There's so many things, but I hope that something like roller skating or continuing, we have a, we have a neighbor who's 84 who rides his bike all mm -hmm. over, goes right. canoeing, he goes hiking. And I'm like, yeah, because he does that shit all the time. He liked to do it when he was younger. He continues to do it when he's older. And now that he's really older, he still does it. Yeah. Why? It's a muscle. You continue to be excited about it. You keep moving your body in the same way. And so I think continuing to keep the interests and hobbies that you had, you know, going for agility and just physical ability well, that's where is great. I think figuratively and literally it comes together. The thing that used to bring you life actually still brings you life. Right. Right. So if I am a person that loves to do Spartan races and I like to do marathons and it gives me life when I'm young, it is actually that very thing that's going to give you life right. as you're older, mm -hmm. literally. Like it literally is keeping you alive and vibrant and healthy yep. and you live a longer life because of it. And not just live a longer life, you live a better life, a well-being life mm -hmm. um, because of those things. And I think that it's very easy to start to age yourself out of the very thing that is probably going to be the thing that it helps you stay youthful. And so yeah. she, I think she still does need to, to skate, yeah. right? And she, maybe she has to skate differently, but it's still doing it. It's yeah. like, I'm, I think we are never going to stop lifting weights mm -hmm. until we get, uh, we'll no. be in our 80s yeah. because it's the very thing that's going to keep it's us strong, yeah. right? And so it's the fountain of youth. And I think that's easy. It's, uh, people quickly move to, I can't do that anymore. Yeah. I think also like talking about pursuing interests and passions as you get older, you have to know that if you continue to pursue those and you've now been doing these for decades, you've reached probably mastery, right? right? And I think it's important to understand that there's a generation that could be learning from you. So I'll give you an example. My dad could be towards the retirement age. He's been in sales his entire life. He's a master salesperson. I think I inherently like got it in my DNA, right? 
And I tell him, dad, you know, if you did some TikTok videos about like, here's some persuasion skills, want to know how to sell a car? Mm. Here's what she's like, people would gobble that up and go crazy. And he's like, ah, I'm an old guy. No one's really going to listen to that. No, the young 20 something year olds who are new to the car industry, car sales industry, they want to hear what your old ass has to say because right. you've done it. You've mastered it. Like how valuable would that be to someone who's just starting to sell cars, yeah. right? Everybody wants a guru. Everyone wants a master. And don't rule yourself out because you're older. In fact, put yourself on a pedestal because you've mastered it. I think the sweet spot of anything is your ability to synthesize the old with the new. Mm-hmm. And make it work. Yeah. And I think that, and I liken this to a fact that the reason why we like Kanye West is because he mixed so many old samples with a new sound. Oh, you said and, the reason we liked Kanye West. Well, we love Kanye West's music, but we, we okay. we're in a, we're in a, clear, we're in a separation right we, now. We're yeah. in a separation phase right now okay. with, with him. But what I'm saying is, is that the music that we, we, we like, and I will tell you this, the music that brought... Everyone to the dance floor at a wedding, no matter if you were 60, 70, or 14, are the mu- is the music that synthesizes the old and the new and mm-hmm. brings people together. Mm-hmm. It's like the best music, the mm-hmm. things that are sampling something from the Motown mm-hmm. and has a fresh beat. It's a little nostalgia with freshness. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So anytime somebody takes, I, takes uh, I Got Five on it mm-hmm. and throws on another deeper bass, all of a sudden we're like, ah, this yeah. is the song. But that goes with what you're saying. If, if your dad was able to take what he knows to be true and uses wisdom and says, okay, what are these people doing from a, a sales standpoint in a new age? What is the new language? What's, what do people value now? And put that together. That's an amazing yeah. combination and formula. It. Right. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden, you become that becomes really successful. Yeah. And so I just think that that is something that you just have to you put yourself out there. And it goes to the next thing on the list. Well, can I just lastly say, like, I follow a lot of aging women that are really amazing. Like, going gray is a big thing right now. I have a couple girlfriends that are considering transitioning, but I follow some women in their 60s who have full gray hair, but they'll show you, like, you know, trendy style tips and they look fly as hell. Like, they've got great style, they're going to New York Fashion Week. And I just think that if you're listening to this and you're a little older, you should not discount all of the opportunities and the tremendous amount of exposure that is available to your fingertips now to, again, be that master or be that coach or be that person that inspires the younger generation. So that's all I have to say about that. And I think you call that progressive. Yeah. Right. Like if I, I take what I know to be true to me and I'm adding things that progress me to be relevant. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a careful balance, but it also takes you taking on risk and doing things. And so I think like the next one is about willingness to take calculated risks and learn from failures. It's easy to, and I think this incorporates the last two things we talked about. It's easy to, as you get older, to get really conservative, Mm -hmm. to say, okay, oh, I just need to stay safe now because if I say safe, then I, I can avoid harm at an age where maybe I can't overcome it. Right. And I think that I get that. Mm-hmm. Like you don't want to fall because it's like it's harder for me to get better. Mm-hmm. Or I don't want to take a, ca- a, a monetary risk because it's harder to make more money as you're right. older. And I, mm-hmm. so I get those things. But there are other ways that you can take challenges to put yourself out there mm-hmm. to your point, like your dad be on TikTok and sharing those mm-hmm. types of tips that it may feel uncomfortable because 
it could be embarrassing. Mm -hmm. It can you can feel like you you, you don't have a place on on the newer um, platforms. But I do think that that risk challenges your mind. It challenges your spirit and keeps you young because you're do, you're taking on things that you're unsure about. Yeah. Right. And so you, you get to this place where all your youth you're uncertain. Right. And you're constantly trying to strive for a certain level of of knowledge or wisdom so that you can do life better. Mm -hmm. And then you get to a point in your life where you think you know everything mm -hmm. and you think that you understand the world and then you no longer take on challenges to have that same feeling of uncertainty. Yeah. And I think that that feeling of uncertainty or of you know, insecure feelings around your skill set is important. Yeah. Because I think that that is the foundation for growth and that ability to have moments of failure. So I think, I wonder if we asked our parents, when was the, when, in the last year, when was the last time you failed? Mm -hmm. And I would probably say, I haven't. Yeah. So this one, number six, again, it's the willingness to take calculated risks and learn from failures. I think this is so big that, you know, doing what we do, working with small business owners, we're asking them to take risks, take risks in marketing approaches, take risks in investing in your business and buying more equipment or hiring new employees or whatever. And they're constantly scared as shit. Yeah. Constantly. And I'm like, okay, stop wrapping up like this has to work, like focus on what it's becoming. Right. And so this um, willingness to take calculated risks and learn from failures immediately reminded me of how we expect our kids to do this constantly. Mm -hmm. They do it all through school. So think about all of the risks and times that kids face uh, potential failure while they're just growing up. And then, like you said, for some reason, we become adults and we're like, oh, I cannot survive another right. failure. Yeah. Right. So like some basic stuff that you should be inspired by your kids to keep going as you get older, your kids throughout school, they give presentations for the first time in front of a classroom, in front of all their classmates. We have grown ass people that don't want to go on camera, on Instagram. They don't want to stand up and talk about their business. They don't, oh, I have stage fright. I have this. Okay, but kids do it every day around the world. We have kids that are trying out for sports teams. And guess what? They don't all make the goddamn team, yeah. right? So you want to put out a business and expect it to be a multi-million dollar bakery in your local community. Guess what? Not all bakeries become world famous. Yeah. So what? The kid didn't make the team. Your business didn't survive. It didn't do that great. Like, it's the same thing, right? Um, you run for school president. <laughs> Guess what? Not everybody that ran for school president got to be the goddamn school president. Right. That doesn't mean the kid sucks. Usually they go on to have this amazing life and they overcome all kinds of other challenges. What I'm trying to say is adversity is helpful. It's healthy. And for some reason, when we become adults, it's like we're allergic to that shit. Could you imagine if your dad called and said, hey, you know, I went to the local center. They're having tryouts for a, right. like a, a, a basketball for league. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or kickball, whatever Pickleball. it is. Yeah. And uh, so I, I went out for tryouts. Uh, and you know what? I, I didn't make the team. But, but you know, I'm going to go back next I'm season. Go next season. <laughs> How I'd be applauding him. Like, yeah. Uh, so all the 60-year-old parents out there, can y'all go audition go, yeah, or go try, try out, out for a team? Yeah. That would be great. That'd I think be it'd fantastic. be great. If my dad called me and said, hey, honey, I tried out for the local pickleball uh, league. They passed on me, but I'm going to get good and I'm going to go back next season. All day long. I would celebrate the shit out of that. But that would give you an amazing sense of like purpose. It would yeah. give you something to strive for. 
And and I think that that to me is huge. Yeah. Like the, the you know when you talk about everything on this list is about like moving forward, and we become ex- tremendously risk averse because of the social ills of failure, yeah. especially when you're older. Can I just say, when you have small kids who are in elementary school, one of the things maybe I'm going to hell for this. I don't know. I hated talent shows. <laughs> I, I hated them. Like, this is the time where kids, you know, they're like, oh, I, I want to sing, mom. I want to dance. I want to, you know what? Give up, get up there, little Johnny, and live your life. Like, live out your dream. I'm here for it. Support your kids. But don't tell them they're good when they're not good. Like, buy the singing lessons, you know, invest in the hula lessons, whatever it is they want to get good at. But the point I'm trying Wait, to make is- are you saying is, we should be making villain origin stories for kids? Like- I, some of them, Yeah. <laughs> Some of them, it should be their villain origin <laughs> story, right? But um, I think that kids getting up there is really remarkable. Like to get up in a talent show, grown-ass adults can't do that. Mm-hmm. But sidebar, as a parent, I do have to say, I didn't so much enjoy all of the talent shows, but they still had packed houses, yeah. audience members, all the families came. And so if you tried to do something audacious like that as an adult, uh, what's the difference? Right. Someone on TikTok is going to see you sing and be like, bro, go back. Like they're, they're going to have something to say. So what? Yeah. It's no different than when you were a I, kid and parents like me were like, this kid cannot sing. I wonder what, how the talent shows would have changed if it was mandatory that if we took away the mandatory clapping for the kids. <laughs> so if you just said, <laughs> if you just said, OK, uh, you don't have to clap if the kid's not good. Right. If the kid is not good, do not clap. In fact, you can throw a couple of boobs out there. And so could you imagine how improved the talent shows would be? Do you because think? it would weed out the You're people who have canceled? No, it would weed out the people that should not be there. Or it would get those kids to work a little bit harder. Right. Work a little bit more. People are gonna be like, it's a talent show, it's fun. No, it's but not you're fun. Saying it's that a talent clapping. show, meaning that talent <laughs> is supposed to show do all of I mean, some kids got claps and I was like, Wait, clapping yeah. for this kid. That you, was terrible. You're saying that clapping the applause is a form of a participation trophy. Oh, a hundred percent. And it and it and it's and it affirms poor talent. <laughs> And I think that if we change that and we really said, you know what, the meritocracy of a talent show is going to show itself yeah. right now. And you so, are cut, kid. Yeah, like, get up, oh, boo. <laughs> ah, no. Try again next time. Like, we can throw a couple, like, like things to, like, encourage. Tomatoes? Yeah. Oh, oh like, okay. We, could, like, we don't want to throw be things. Hurtful. We don't want to throw things. That's, that's wrong. But I do think that, the, like, the world needs a little bit more of, like, ah, like, mm, <laughs> buzzards. Right. And I think that all of a sudden kids would show up differently because it's like, hey, you know what? That last talent show, it didn't go well. Right. Okay. You actually <laughs> got a couple of booze. And, one time. But this year. One time we, we were, were at one of those talent shows and me and my sister and Fab were poking each other because this kid was so, it was so terrible and bad. And you could immediately look around and tell who the kid's parents <laughs> were, like, right? They're like, oh, right. So we're poking each other, trying not, just like trying to be good people, but it was excruciating. Right. And my sister turned to me and she said, are my eyeballs bleeding? <laughs> it's I, so bad. It's bad, but you know what? And then they show up again the next year. Because and they get better. Everybody clap for them. All right, <laughs> moving on to number seven. Avoid becoming complacent and always strive for personal and professional growth. I think 
a couple of episodes ago, we talked about like wherever you go to work every day, are you practicing going pro? Yeah. And I think that that just kind of sums that up. What are you learning? So let me ask you, what are you learning about right now? Because I, I try to, we both, we try to learn something every day. Yeah. And what, those are really our conversations. Like when you come home from work, you're like, oh, I listened to this podcast today. I'm like, I'm reading this book right now. Like though, what would we have? Right. You and I would never, ever speak if we didn't actually continue to learn <laughs> what would we have to talk about you, you, you well i think that's what people do they if they don't strive then they just talk about the horrible shit in, in life right right and they commiserate Today this bitch cut right? me off right. my stupid co-worker blah 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 somebody right. ate my lunch like right and, and i think that that it, it unfortunately becomes and we talked about another episode of like talking about like, what do couples come home to talk yeah, about? Yeah, toxicity. Right? Don't talk about it right now. Right. Stay so, on point. But I do think that um, <laughs> going pro to me is, is so important. Anything and everything that that goes wrong for me professionally or in business, I, I try to find out, okay, how do I get better, right? Mm -hmm. What book do I need to read? What do I need to listen to to kind of improve that that ability, that skill set? And that I think is something I try to bring home and we we chat about. So I think that that is huge because I think it's very easy for, especially as you get older, to think that the things that become a, a problem had nothing to do with you. Right. But here's my question to you. What specifically are you learning or working on right now? Like, do you have one thing? I'll go first. Yeah, do you want okay. me to go first? Sure. Okay. So I started reading this book recently uh, by one of my friends, Jen Powder. And she wrote a book about like women and emotions and eating and dieting and that sort of thing. And I was super interested. Why? Because the summer's coming up. I want to get good at dieting again. I know what to do to diet, but I don't want to. Mm -hmm. I just don't want to. Right. And so I was like, oh, let me download this book. And it's actually really good. It's about like all of the reasons women self-sabotage. And uh, like the emotions behind eating and weight loss. And there were a couple, like she says, perfection. People are chasing these unrealistic expectations of what they want their body to look like. That's like a bad reason to be on a diet. Another one, all or nothing thinking. Like if, mm -hmm. if I don't cut this out completely, I'm failing at this diet. Or another one is chaos. Like if you've just got no structure in your life, but you're trying to diet and you don't know where your next meal is going to come from or you haven't meal prepped, you're setting yourself up for failure. Right. A uh, last one was bargaining. Women like to bargain. You know, well, I worked really hard in the gym, so mm. I'll give myself a pass. So I know these things, but they were really resonating with me to where I was like, this is a really helpful list. So that way, when I'm trying to stick to something, I could say, mm, you're bargaining right now. Yeah. And so those would be conversations that you and I would have because we're in practice of learning something every day. Right. So what have you learned recently uh, I'm that you have failed to share with me? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> no, I, I, for me, I've been working on how to communicate and deliver like specific feedback, mm -hmm. right? And so whether it be recognition, whether that be like some type of coaching conversation, how to deliver it in a way that's effective. Uh, and so breaking down the different elements of that is something I'm really working on trying to, to improve upon. I feel like I'm actually really good at it, but I want to be exceptional at it, yeah. right? And so I have, you know, started to learn that. And then I also st like started listening to a book called um, Talking to Crazy. Mm -hmm. So like to understand how to connect with someone that doesn't seem very rational. Mm -hmm. And so I'm trying to figure out how do I help myself so I don't get frustrated by it to communicate in a way that's more effective. Yeah.
Love that. We talked about that the other night. Number eight, developing a positive attitude, sense of humor, and the ability to laugh at oneself, I think is super huge. Um, We are making it a point to consume more comedy this year, like go to comedy shows. But I think having a sense of humor definitely keeps you vibrant and young. Uh, Number nine, finding a way to give back to the community and help others will give you a sense of fulfillment and purpose. And Mm -hmm. I think purpose is one of those common themes that each of these bullet points has, like creating some sort of purpose to keep you going each day will give you a more a desire to want to stay young and vibrant. Yeah. And I think the last one, number 10, is focusing on a creative passive income streams and and building long term wealth. I think about that. And, and, and you may have a different perspective, but I think about that in the last two kind of together, because I think that what helps you stay young is not only, like you said, having purpose, but your ability to contribute. Mm-hmm. And I think that ability to contribute to your household, to your life, to your family's wealth, mm-hmm. all those things really play a huge part in your self-image. But it also allows you to feel like you are productive and you matter. Yeah. And I think when you get older, it's very easy for you to feel like you're, you're stepping into the twilight of your life and you're not a contributing person to society anymore. Mm-hmm. You're actually a person that needs society to, to give to you because maybe you're, you know, you're living off of you know, Social Security or whatever the case may be. Now you're kind of a person that needs to be contributed to instead of a person that's actually creating something that uh, people need and, yeah. and take advantage of. I love and it. Add value to your life. So life. let us know uh, what things stood out to you on this list, you know, or are you stuck in the 90s? Are you stuck in the <laughs> 70s? We want to hear your input, your 50, thoughts 60s. on this. Don't forget to take 30 seconds to leave a review on iTunes. Those really help us make sure that we stay on track and delivering great topics and conversations that you want to have. But I'm really curious to see, like, are you living in the era where you think you are? I'm full blown romanticizing like my heydays. And I I just want to know. I want to have a conversation about this. So slide into our DMs. Leave us a review on the Push podcast on iTunes. And we will see you guys in the next episode. Take care. Bye. Stay young. Forever young, right? (laughs) Forever young. Thank you for listening to the Push podcast. Hey, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through, you got to do something for us. You got to go to Apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review. And in that review, go ahead and leave that question with your Instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question. And we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that, hey, this particular podcast is made for you. So leave a rating, leave a review, leave your handle. And until next time, push through.